Start your day the Torah way in northwest London, Friday, 20th of 7, 9th of June. Rabbi Yaakov Klein Schlitter, Essence of the Mitzvahs. This week's Torah way has been sponsored anonymously. Shalom and Brach, I've been Shabbos to all. It's a privilege to be back here always to learn with this esteemed group of youth that are beginning their day the Torah way, with the Torah. Parshas Baloyska has so much, it's difficult to even decide what to begin to speak about. And whatever you're going to choose to speak about, you can't really get in in a half hour adequately, properly. So instead of focusing on one of the themes in the parsha, which there are many, Be'ezus Hashem, I wanted to focus just on one, on one pasuk and to take it out of its specific context and to be able to apply from these words in the pasuk a remis for our Avodos Hashem, for our lives. Because there's a lot of intellectualizing that goes on around parshias and around other Torah concepts, all of which is beautiful, it's Liman but if we're able to walk out with something for ourselves, then it's, then it's a different story. Then it becomes the Torah, as the Torah is meant to be learned, that it should be something relevant for us, for our lives, that we can put into practice. So as is Hashem, I like to look at this Pasuk. In, in this week's Parsha, this Pasuk shows up in the Parsha, the Sugya of the Levian, where we speak about how the Levian were consecrated uniquely. Among all of Am Yisrael, the Levian were singled out to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very elevated, unique way. And there was a whole process that had to be done for the Levian in order to consecrate them, the waving them, the purifying them, shaking their hair, a whole process that took the Levian out of the standard state of Am Yisrael and brought them into this special, unique bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the B'dayk Shavarav, we're going to learn from today, as is Hashem, or Levi Yitzchak ben Sarasasha, Shuschusi Aganaleinu, sees in this parasha b'chlau, but in this particular pasuk that we're going to read now, a fundamental lesson that relates to every single aspect of our Avodah Hashem, all of our mitzvahs, all of our Torah, our tefillah, Dealing with the question of what is it that a Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us, which is a pretty fundamental question to ask, to think about, to wonder about. And that Ezra Hashem should be able to take something from this in the way of Hayra'ah, to practically shift the way that we think about things. So the Pasuk tells us, Kinisunim Nesunim Heimali. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says about the Levim, they are given over. Nesunim. Elashen Nasan, to give. Nesunim. They are given over Heimali. To me, says Hashem, it's a printing error to say, mitoich, mitoich b'nei Yisrael, from amidst all of Am Yisrael, who are already, heim am levadav yishkan, they are already standing apart from all the other nations, Am Yisrael, v'yisem liyam, segula, enechanami. But among that nation, mitoich b'nei Yisrael, says the Pasuk, nesunim, nesunim, heimali. <coughs> and the obvious question over here, just reading the Pasuk, is it seems to be a redundancy. We know the Pasuk doesn't have an extra kutza shal yud, it doesn't have an extra letter, it certainly doesn't have an extra word that's doubled over. It's not just unnecessary, it's literally the same word. Nisunim, nisunim, it should obviously just say ki nisunim heimali, and that would be enough. It says the Helig B'dit Shavarav, Shusiyah G'nolim. Levar, but Pasuk, Allah, nisunim, nisunim, why does the Pasuk say nisunim twice? 
he begins right out of the gate with a parable, with a story. If a person wants to give a gift to an official who's a pchois erech, who's not a high-ranking official, maybe it could be argued that all officials today are pchois erech, of one kind or another, but al-kopanim, in the hierarchy of the political spectrum, there are those that are higher-ranking officials, and then there are those that are the locales. I don't know if you call it here mayor. I don't, I don't know. So in the States, you have a, like a local mayor. It's just of a small county. And then you have the governor, right, of a state. And then you have higher and higher ranking until the president. I don't know exactly how things work over here. But there are different ranks. And so if a person wants to go to a small town mayor somewhere in Texas, you know, and he wants to give him a, a, a little gift, so he says, As I am atana Whatever you're going to give this guy, the present itself, the gift itself, is going to be valuable to him. But if you go to a king, and a great conqueror, a great emperor, so the gift itself is not what he finds valuable. Because presumably if he wanted, he could have bought a thousand of whatever it is that you're giving him. If he is into guitars and you buy him the, you know, the best tailor or whatever it is, a, a very fancy guitar, see, he, he, could have, he could have gone to the store, he could have went on Amazon, he could have ordered a, a guitar for himself. The guitar itself, the gift itself, is not what he finds to be precious. So then what is precious to him? So he explains, He has so much wealth, so... So some kind of matana should be precious to him. So what is it that he finds valuable, says the Redditch What is it about this gift giving that makes him feel tov, makes him feel good? It's the fact that someone wanted to give him a gift is a whole different story. It's not the gift itself. But the very fact that someone was stirred in goodwill and an expression of desire to connect, that he went out of his way and put some thought into figuring out what would be a good gift to get this person, and then went and bought the gift and traveled to the palace and presented it, that's special. So it's not the gift, it's what the gift embodies. And that's a whole different thing, it's a whole different story. That it arose within the will of this particular person, to give a gift in the first place. So he says it emerges, the thing that is impressive, but the thing that this sar values is that the giver wanted to give, much more than what it is that the giver actually gave. Kolema, meaning to say, It's not the actual gift that he gave, but it's the fact that he was stirred to bring a gift. And he applies this muscle to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He says the same applies for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Rebbe Shalala. This that HaKadosh Baruch Hu singled out among all of the B'nai Yisrael, this applies for us, as we'll see, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu singled out the Levim and he said, I want that the Levim should be given over to me. Says the Redditch What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu need the Levim for? And you can expand this question, not so nice to speak out, but it's true. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu need me for? What does he need us for? 
The Medrash, you should know, the Sefer HaKinuch brings down. The Medrash says about Shechita, he says, you think that a Kaddish Baruch makes a difference in the Lashon of the Medrash if you shecht a cow by the neck or if you shecht it by the stomach? What does it make a difference? Kaddish Baruch was ain't so. He's not bothered. You know, he's not, he's not affected. It doesn't make a difference. What is it that a Kaddish Baruch needs out of us? Putting on tefillah, not putting on tefillah, makes a difference that this arm should have worn a, a black box with a couple of leather straps. What is that to Hashem? What does it give him? He says, not bet aloi bohen. Allah. has myriads and myriads of angels of the most elevated, lofty kind that are constantly standing the aim of a year with perfect service. to serve Hashem perfectly. What does he need us for? What does he need the Levium for? Is it what we can give him? Haloi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has everything already. Liyah Kesef, Liyah Zav, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says it. HaKol Shaloi. Let's read these words carefully because it's a very, very big Chiddush. Rak Chaviv Etzla Yizbarach. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants out of this human experience, what he wants out of the enterprise of the Jewish nation, what's precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Masha'Allah B'Daytoi L'Hizkari, L'Abedasi Yizbarach. Is our desire for a relationship. Not what we actually go ahead and capture that desire into this mitzvah or that mitzvah or this Indian or that avoidah. <coughs> the external wrapping to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is superfluous. It's already redundant. But what's within that packaging, which is the Nkuda Pnimis of an Ishama as Chazal Talas Rahmana Liba boy. What's our Kurdish Baruch Hu after? He's after the, our heart. Meaning, he's after this that a human being desired to build a relationship. Not out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of obligation, certainly not out of a sense of a, of a cultural expectation. <coughs> but somewhere deep inside, in a moment of sincere reflection, a human being should say, What's the tachlis of my life? What, what, am, what do I want out of life? Because all of us want a lot of things. All of us have different ambitions. Every single one of us has something else that we want. Like we woke up this morning with a, with a list of a checklist. There are things that we need to do, which is a pella, because none of us need to do anything. That's it. We need basic things, shelter, food. But like we, we, we have this drive to do, to accomplish, to be, to, to manifest. All of us have many, many different things that we want. Parenthetically, it's a very deep thing. There's a certain psychologist that set up a very large <coughs> retreat. And at that retreat, he has hundreds and hundreds of strangers, just people that never met each other. And one of the exercises that they do at this well-being retreat, this mental health weekend, is that they pair up all these strangers. They look each other in the eyes, which is already a very deep thing. It sounds strange, I know, but when was the last time you sat and just looked someone in the eyes? Very unsettling experience. Very deep. See, he says, the strangers face each other, and they just ask each other repeatedly, again and again, back and forth, what do you want? And then this one asks him, what do you, what do you want? And this is a very deep experience of going beyond a lot of the layers that we feel comfortable with, and that's why we wear them. But to unravel these things, like what are we after? So I tell you that each one of us has myriads of ambitions, 
But the truth is that all of us just want one thing. There's one thing that we're after. And that one thing that all of us are after is connection, is a sense of worth, is a sense of being. And the only place where we're going to find that sense of being is in the source of being. It's in the Ein Sof. So all the things that we think we're interested in, that's not going to fulfill us. What's going to fulfill us is when we're able to unearth from within us that the one thing that we want is to live a life of tzaddik be'emunah It's to live a life of emunah, of connectivity, of a relationship, to feel that Hashem is a reality to me. It's not enough just that I should assuage my guilt and check off all the boxes, make sure, okay, keeping Shabbos, putting out tefillin. It's not enough. It's not enough for the neshama. The neshama, it needs to feel. It needs to feel. And when the neshama comes alive, and when we allow ourselves to discover that part of us, to reveal that part of us, that's the nachas ruach that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gets. Like a parent with a child. <laughs> I ask you a question. A five-year-old goes to the, to the garden, and she, she picks a few wilting flowers that might not even be flowers, it's a few weeds she finds over there. And she bunches them together and she ties them with a rubber band that she also found underneath the deck, you know, some dirty rubber band. And she brings them to her mother and she says, Mommy, I picked these for you. But the flowers matter to her? The mother has $10, 10 pounds, sorry. She could, she can go and, and buy and buy flowers. Okay, I'm over here, you need 20. But she, she can go and buy, if you go to Tesco, it's 10. But right, she, she can, she, I'm learning. Right. She, she can buy a, a, a bouquet of flowers. Uh, but what this girl gave her, no bouquet of flowers from Tesco or even Golders Green, could have given her. Because in this little haphazard bouquet of flowers, what the mother sees is an expression of love. And that's far greater than, than any gift could have given her. And no matter how fancy or sophisticated. And he says it's the same thing by a Kodesh Baruch. Let's read that line again. What's precious to Hashem is When it arises within the heart and mind of a person to consciously say, Rabbi Shalom, I am desperately yearning for a relationship with you. And all of these mitzvahs and yamim toivim and halachas and liman and tefillah is all an expression of that. Different ways of expressing it, but it's all an expression of Ein Bilibenu Ela Echad. As I'll say, we just, we want one thing. We're saying, Neinu, Liris, Esmalkeinu. Vizehu, says the B'ditchever, this is Pshat. Ki nesunim, nesunim, heimolim, itoich b'nei Yisrael. He says, it's redundant, two extra words. An extra word. Forgiven, given are they to me. Why does it say given twice? Says the B'ditchever, this is what the Pasuk's telling us. Ki anasina shalahem. This, that they are nisunim, which means that from within themselves, they give themselves to me, says Hashem. Ki nisunim. Ah, that's nisunim, Hamali. That is what gives me something. The fact, not what they give me, but that they give me something. Ki nisunim. This, that they, they want to serve me, says Hashem. Ah, nisunim, Hamali. That's considered giving me something. Because they are Nisunim. It's not the Matana itself. It's the deep, deep desire. That we came to HaKadosh Baruch and gave him a Matana. 
So Kaddish Baruch Hu takes Nachas Ruach from this. So I just want to read you a few lines you don't have it in front of you. <coughs> from the Sefer Noyim Malach, the Rebbe Malach of Lejens, Schusiak and who deals with this same idea. It's not a surprise. They were both contemporaries. They learned under the Magad Mizrich, who was one of the Talmidei, Muvak of the Balsham Tavakadish. You can't imagine if you think about it what that base Medrash looked like in Mezrich. It's unbelievable. Think about who was there. The Baltani, the Naim of the Mel, the Kedusha Slavi, the Magad of Kajnis, the Rebbe of Zusha, Rebbe Arna Gabal of Karlin. They were all sitting, like you'd imagine, like the, like the base Medrash in, in Shemayim. That was happening in Mezrich. It's an amazing thing. All these Sadiqim were sitting with each other. And so. It seems clear that they had this idea. Obviously, everything is Moshe and Baal But it seems that it was passed down to the Maggid and that the Maggid taught his Talmidim to view Yiddishkeit in this way. And the Noyim Elimelech treats the same idea, but then he runs into a fundamental issue. And the fundamental issue is, so then why do we need mitzvahs? Which is a big problem, right? Because the whole Yiddishkeit is founded on the 613 mitzvahs of all the millions probably of Chiluke Dinim and different areas of Halacha. And if this is our approach, where the main thing in Yiddishkeit is the Ratzin, so then why can't we just have Ratzin? It's a strong question. Why can't I just sit in bed in the morning and say, Shalom, ah, I love you. I, I want to serve you. I want to connect with you. And say, oh, good. So I, I already fulfilled. Because the whole por- point of the mitzvahs is to allow me to express that. So that, let me expre- express that without the mitzvahs. So the Naim al asked this question. So listen, you don't have it in front of you. I'm just going to read you a few lines here. So Tzadik says, <laughs> This is the Naim al He gave us mitzvahs, and he commanded us to keep the mitzvahs. Same thing like the Bredichaver. He does not need our mitzvahs. The mitzvahs themselves he doesn't need. Doesn't add, doesn't subtract, nothing. But it gives him something. Says the name of the Melch. Yes, it does. Raksha says, Reach ni choyach lefano yizbarach sha'amar v'nasaritzah. That gives him something. HaKadosh Baruch who reached out to us, he says, please, please recognize me. Live life with the awareness that there's more to life than meets the eye. Develop an expanded consciousness where wherever you go, you're aware that HaKadosh Baruch is telling a story through this world. He's telling a story. History is going to do us. His story. Right? And it goes for history, and it goes for our own personal lives. Mamish HaKadosh Baruch is unfolding a story. David HaMalach sings, I want to live. For what? It's all a story. I want to be a part of your story. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells a story and he is begging us to be aware of that, to be aware that he's enveloping us at all times. The Malakal Alman, he's filling all worlds. And when a Yid wakes up to that and says, I want to be a part of this great enterprise of the Jewish nation, I want to be a part of this consciously. I know that I have a mission and I want to faithfully exercise my, my duty toward a Kurdish Baruch. That gives Hashem Nachas. <coughs> His main desire is that we should have that Ratzin to serve him. So it turns out, he says, that the main thing in Yiddishkeit is the Kavanah Saleh. 
without getting the mitzvah strichas kavanah, it's ain't strichas kavanah. We toishalol lishma, balishma, but lahakol moidin that the best thing is lishma and with kavanah. That that's for sure. The question is whether there's a subliminal kavana that even if a, a person doesn't have an overt kavana, so there's still some kind of kavana there because sachakol, you're doing a mitzvah, you could have been at the, at the football game. So, But everybody's masking that the, the main thing, what we should strive for, is to do the mitzvahs with, with a rutzen and to be conscious of this. Imagine if before we put on film, we reflect for a minute and allow yourself and myself to feel a rutzen. Ah, even before doing this, we're so quick, we jump into the mitzvahs and we just we get on with it. <clears throat> But to take a minute, you should know that the Gemara says, I'm sure you know, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch, the Hasidim or Rishonim would take an hour before davening to do this. An hour. Before they actually started davening, they spent a whole hour sitting and preparing themselves. Working up the Ratzon to daven. Contextualizing tefillah. What tefillah is, not just a few words I'm saying. You go, okay, check, shakras off the list. And I'll get to Mincha, I'll do Mincha when I get there. It's a whole avayda, it's a whole experience. It's a whole relationship. And if a person has that rutzen to carry out the rutzen Hashem to do a mitzvah, he says, this is pshat that we know the Gemara tells us, that if a person wanted to do a mitzvah and they were not able, considers it done. Now this Mamre Chazal already subliminally tells us everything that we just learned for the last 25 minutes. Why? Because if you're not going in this Mahalach, that the main thing in Mitzvah is Kavana, so why should it be true? That if a person wanted to do something, he didn't do it, but he wanted to, so it's considered done. What do you mean it's considered done? He didn't do it. It doesn't work that way. Must be. So it's... it's it's like hinted, it's enclosed within this Maimar Chazal is this concept. Must be that the main thing to HaKadosh Baruch was really the wanting. See, Himamish intended to do the mitzvah. He didn't get to do it. But HaKadosh Baruch already got his fix. HaKadosh Baruch got out of that what he wanted to do. Because HaKadosh Baruch was Baruchin Levi Suklais. And he knows that this person, if the circumstances would have aligned, this person absolutely would have fulfilled that, that obligation. So here he addresses the question that we hinted to. But he says it's not enough. We have to do everything that we can to do the mitzvahs, to practically do the mitzvahs. This is one reason. There are a number of reasons given for the mitzvahs. The Balkani has an approach. The Ishbitzer has an approach. This is just in this sugya. Why? He says a phenomenal thing. Fantastic thing. Which loosely translates into, if you have time, we don't have time now, but look it up, Parshas Vayera. Parshas Vayera. He says the reason we have to mamish do the mitzvahs is because a person with the internal Yetzirah and all kinds of uh, ulterior motives, it's not super clear what our motivations are all the time or how much we really want something or why we want something, how you measure want, right? So he says it's too easy to fool ourselves. In the tefillin example before, if a person sits in bed and says, I so deeply want to put on tefillin this morning. The question is, how do you really know if you were Yetzir, your obligation of Ratzin, right? How do, you, how do you really know, ultimately? So it could be you're completely deluding yourself because you're saying you want to. How do you know? 
turns out the mitzvahs are the indicator that you wanted enough. The mitzvahs provide us with a litmus test with regard to how much rutzen we actually had. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, how much rutzen do I need from you? As much rutzen as, as, as needed to get you to actually do the mitzvah. When you actually do the mitzvah, then you, then, then you were mekayim, your chiv. Not of doing the mitzvah, but of wanting to do the mitzvah enough. You hear how I was learning this? A whole different thing. So again, it turns out Lafidus approach that the mitzvahs are simply indicators. They're indicator lights, but it's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. The main thing is the kavana and the rotsin. What a chaval for us, right? I can only speak for myself. What a chaval for me. If in place of seeing the kavana as the ikr and the mitzvah itself as the wrapping, I get so wrapped up in the, in the wrapping of the mitzvah that I completely forget that I'm supposed to have any kind of kavan or rutzen. It, it would mamish be a big chaval, right? I'd be flipping the thing on its head up because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants out of me not just the mitzvah itself with all the dikdukim, and I'm sure Hashem has nachas from that also, and also al-pi it's making all, all the shemaim, it's be and everything, that's all true. But the, the ikr ki'ilu, to say, if we would stand opposite Hashem and ask Him, what do you want? Well, look Him in the eyes, Kibiyachal. Which is not an idea that's foreign to Chazal. If you look in the Mepharshim about why it's about Kedusha, should we look up with our eyes open, our eyes closed? But Al-Kapad in the Medrash says, Yadua, that at that moment Hashem looks us in the eyes. And so you stand neged Hashem and you ask Him, what do you want? What do you want? Hashem says, Rachmana Liba. Want your leif. I want your life. I want your heart is what I want. <coughs> so we have to give a Kurdish Baruch what he wants. What, what is his rutzin? Your life. My life. So this is the Iker and Mitzvah. So all of us now, we're going to wrap up. We don't have time to see the rest of the piece. It's okay. Look at it in your own time. We're going to do a lot of Mitzvahs today. We've already done Mitzvahs today. And I'm sure they were with Mali, Leif, Kavan. But everything could use Chizik. We're going to do a lot of Mitzvahs today. Coming into Shabbos, Kavala Shabbos, all this stuff. The degree of consciousness that we have before jumping into an avoyta that we think we know, we've been doing it for years, decades, and this is just you know what we do on a Friday evening, to stop, to take a couple of minutes, maybe even just a minute, to close our eyes and go inside and awaken from within us the ruts and nulle. I'm looking for a relationship. I want to connect to something deeper. And then amidst that ruts and then you jump into the avoyta, what we get out of it, what Hashem gets out of it, what the world gets out of it, what Am Yisrael get out of it, in a diamond. And so, just leave you with just what the Redditiver says in the rest of the piece of sacred Kitzur Nimrats. He says, that's Peshat of the Mishnah and Abba. So you look it up, you take, the, take the, the, uh, the papers with you and look at it inside if you can. He says, this is Peshat Heavy Zor, Mitzvah Kalik, because you don't know. On a simple level, it means. One mitzvah might have tons of schar, and one mitzvah might have a little bit less schar, and you think that this mitzvah is going to be the big schar mitzvah, and this one's going to be little. The simple pshat, you don't know the about that schar until mitzvah, but the Redditiver learns deeper. He says, mitzvah is the ikker thing that Hashem wants to get out of it, which is tzabso, which means in Aramaic, connection. The fact that Hashem commanded, we listen. See, he says, memela, 
we have to be careful with a big gift, with a small gift, a big mitzvah, a small mitzvah. To Hashem, it's all the same. Because we're not always aware of the fact that the schar of all the mitzvahs is equal in the sense that all of them give Hashem what Hashem wants. Even though one mitzvah is a big mitzvah, so it's a big gift. One mitzvah is a small mitzvah, it's a small gift. But to the big emperor, we said, the gift doesn't matter. It's what the gift represents. And so, it's the same And if we have that kavanah saleh, it makes no difference. A big gift, a smaller gift, HaKadosh Baruch Hu got his kibiyachal, his fix, what his rotten is to be in a relationship with us. To engage in all the mitzvahs, with this kavanah, and it's awake to the relationship that Hashem is desperate to have with each and every one of us. Bez is a shame of